0: This is Bloomberg Business Week with Carol Masser from Bloomberg Radio. Our next guest, though, we last checked in with her back in July, Paul, and this was on the heels of the news that there would be no Broadway theater this year. We got an update on that last week. No lights along the Great White Way until at least June of 2021. Let's get into it with Charlotte St. Martin. She's president of the Broadway League. She joins us once again on the phone in New York City. Charlotte, so
1: glad to have you back with us. How are you? Well, hanging in there, this is certainly not great news for all of the fantastic people that work on Broadway, but... We're, we're in the same situation as most everyone else these days. Yeah,
0: my I got to say, my heart kind of broke when I saw that headline and we reported it last week thinking, you know, I think we're all hoping just to hope, you know, just trying to get back to some sense of normalcy, but especially when it comes to, you know, entertainment or live theater. Um, how did you guys kind of come up with the latest projection, thinking June, is this just all around a vaccine or what's the thinking behind it?
1: Well, it's around all of the things relating to the protocols. Mm -hmm. Uh, The fact that there hasn't been uh, a verified rapid test that is 100% secure, which we have to have for the cast and crew until the virus is gone. And that doesn't even address the audience, which we also have to get the right products for the audience. And with no news about that now, we just felt that we had to be as open and transparent as possible with uh, the people that work for Broadway, work on Broadway, and our theater goers. So many of those 97,000 employees that depend on Broadway to work need to have as much advance notice now as possible so that they can try to find other work since the extension is so far out. Hmm. Charlotte, what do we know about the economic impact
2: to date on those 98,000 employees, on the theater owners. I think about these beautiful theaters in Midtown Manhattan on the west side, just sitting idle. Talk to us about some of the economic impacts you're hearing about.
1: Well, for our last full season, the loss in ticket sales was almost $2 billion. And the loss to the city of New York was almost $15 billion. It's uh Everyone loses with this, and it's hard when you're talking billions to put a face to it. But, in fact, you know, the face has 97,000 faces that are unable to collect a paycheck, and, you know, most of the organizations I know have reduced their staff as much as they can so that they can reopen when we have the opportunity to reopen. So it's, it's not good news any way you look at it.
0: I know. I was thinking about, and I guess I was reading something, too, you know, just, I mean, if you think about people who go to theater, I mean, they're all ages, but there's a lot of older theater goers, you know, lack of tourists that are coming into the country now, and then you've got old theaters where the idea of trying to do social distancing, it's just, you can't do it. You guys have, it's just really difficult on so many different angles.
1: That's absolutely right. And while, you know, the average age of our audience is 42 Point mm-hmm. three, I think, mm-hmm. there's still certainly a large percentage over that age and a large percentage under that age. And these are 100-year-old grand dames, in many cases, our theaters. And you know, as someone said to me, have you ever watched a one-minute costume change with three people making that change in the, si- in the space the size of a phone booth? So you know that the okay. social distancing just doesn't work.
2: Charlotte, are there any parts... Of the world where live theater has come back, I'm thinking about, you know, London or other Paris or other major markets where it's come back. Or is this kind of a universal thing?
1: No, this is universal. You have uh, Korea is the only uh, location that I'm aware of that has reopened without social distancing, and it's a brand new theater with giant lobbies and giant stages and. Mm-hmm big spaces, and uh, they have a culture of wearing masks and and behave much better than a lot of our lovely Americans who can't seem to put those masks on. So um, for the most part, you have a few venues that are trying social distancing, and it's just you can't financially make it work in New York City. We have 17 union contracts that... um, require our theaters to be over 90% full just to return on the investment for the people who make theater. And if we don't return, we don't get theater. So uh, it's, it's still, we have not found a solution to socially distance in a safe way.
0: Did you say they have to be 98% full?
1: No, I said ninety. 90. Okay.
0: Yeah. No, because I remember us talking in the past, and it was this whole idea of, you know, could you do something virtual or could you do something partial? But it's just the mathematics just don't
1: exist, Charlotte. They don't. And we wish it did. uh, But, you know, everybody, the besides the, the people working, I mean, the creatives, the theater owners, the producers, everything, the model would have to change. Yeah. And I think we're not ready to do that just yet because we certainly haven't. And right. when you talk to, you know, when you talk to theater goers, part of what the joy of going to theater is the shared emotion that people have right. when they're sitting next to people and laughing and crying. and You pick up the energy and even the cast say, they pick up their energy from the audience.
0: How are those 97,000 workers doing, um, Charlotte? I mean, it's such a big ecosystem. It's certainly the people we see on stage, but there's so many people behind it. There's so much support, people who build sets. Um, What are those working workers doing
1: at this point? Well, many of them are not able to do anything because there's so few jobs available out there. Some have gone back home. If home isn't New York and, you know, are working in, in different communities. And uh, some are not working at all. I think many were aided with the extended unemployment insurance and the enhanced employment insurance. But of course, that's uh, not assured any longer. So it's, you know, it, it's really tragic for everyone. I mean, they have rent and yeah. food to put on the table and health insurance and all of those things are at risk.
2: Charlotte, talk to us about the economics of staging a Broadway production. How is it typically done? How is the money raised? Where does it come from? And is that whole process, is that going to change now?
1: Well, I suspect there will be a lot of changes uh, as we move forward. But uh, the there's not a set way it happens. There are some producers who get a couple of other producers and they finance the whole show. Many do it with many producers. I mean, when you see a playbill and you see all that fine print above the title, all of those are the primary investors in a show. And with an average cost of 15 to 18 million dollars for a musical these days Hmm. and three to five million dollars for a play it takes a lot of people to uh to get a broadway show up and it often takes five to seven or eight years to get that show up so they're you know investing for all of that time and working in the hopes of getting a hit
0: so what is it? I mean, I don't know. Forgive me for doing this, but I just I do you have any like thoughts about what it does look like when we finally get back to normal? Is it that you bring back, you know, a show slowly to see how it goes or or
1: or is it too early to even think about that? Well, no, we're certainly talking about those things. First mm. of all, there were over 35 shows playing or about to play when mm-hmm. we had to shut down on March 12th. And the, there's no way we could open 35 shows all at once, if for no other reason in that there'll be extensive re-rehearsals for all of those shows, plus the new shows. And, you know, many of them share the same director or the choreographer or set designer. So, I mean, we hope that we'll have enough of a a critical mass to open and have some excitement. But I think you could look at a period of a month to six weeks as shows come on board. At least that's what we're hoping. I mean, I wish I had a giant crystal ball that was accurate, but I don't. I know. Charlotte, so
2: it's kind of your working assumption within the community that Broadway really doesn't have the opportunity to come back until there really is a widely available vaccine.
1: We're not saying that because if we said that, we, would, we might not come back for even longer. Yeah. We're saying until the scientists and the medical uh, products that are brought out are ready. For example, if we have rapid testing for the cast and crew, we could do that. I mean, you just saw uh, the NBA who had almost no cases because they did it in their, you know, in a bubble, so to speak. Um, Rapid testing is what we think it will take for the cast and crew. There are many products being tested that have um, what I would call cautiously optimistic uh, promises that it will help make the auditorium safe and then and then you have the advent of a lot of contactless services and products, whether it's you know how we change the ingress and regress to the theater, contactless faucets and toilets, uh, uh, playbills that are online, um, uh-huh. things like that I mean every single touch point is being analyzed by the 42 task forces working on various aspects of uh, of getting back safely. So there's, you know, there's much we still don't know yet because just when we think we have good information, you learn new information. And sometimes it feels like you're going three steps forward and two steps back, but at least we sense that we're moving forward at this point.
0: Yeah, that whole idea of touch points. Um, I mean, are there things like playbills online probably gonna stay around forever or is it just just to kind of get your way back
1: potentially? I have no idea yeah. of what will happen. I will say I know people collect their playbills mm-hmm. and I know people that have forty years of playbills, fifty years of playbills yeah, yeah. because it's it's part of their heart and part of mm-hmm. their being. I can't imagine playbill going away Maybe we will have to have uh, them virtually for a while. I mean, there's the thought that you have the vendor put the playbills down, let the uh, theater go or pick it up. But then, as you know, when you go to the theater, if there's a substitution, they have to stuff the playbills with who's substituting. Yeah. And, you know, that requires manual labor. So there's just so many things that are still up in the air, and we're looking at it all.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, listen, we wish you well, and we wish, you know, we hope that things start to get back to normal sooner rather than maybe that June date. Um, So our fingers are crossed. Charlotte St. Martin, she's president of the Broadway League, on the phone in New York City.